Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Ernest? Welcome to EYL University, the number one place for business education. Shadi, tell them what we're bringing. Yes, EYL University already has over 100 past webinars from all areas of business. It includes weekly webinars from industry leaders. It includes access to our investment Facebook group, movie club, our book club. It also includes access to monthly financial planning calls with yours truly. But what has been added has access to MG the Mortgage Guys Home Buyers Blueprint over 14 hours. Everything you need to know as far as the home buying process is concerned. And also what has been added is access to our monthly group chat call. Right. So once a month, me, Troy, and the whole team is going to let you in on our personal plays, our portfolio, what we're doing, and more. So all of that, we are running for a special promo code of 70% off for a limited time only. So head to EYLUniversity.com right now and take advantage. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. We'll see you on the other side. All right, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope everybody is well. Hope all is well out there. Market Mondays. 
back at it. Let me send the notifications out. Yeah. Another another glorious Monday, man. Another another day above ground. It's a good day. We got a lot to talk about. The stock market is crazy. A lot going on in real estate. A lot going on in the world, period. So it's a lot going on right now. I'll let everybody get in. Then we'll get it going. No need to wait. I see my guys here. Shout out to Nas Escobar for winning that uh, Grammy. First time ever. Yeah, they, they jerked him on a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, Life you know. is Good probably should have won. Illmatic, in my mind, is the greatest album of all time. Stillmatic. Stillmatic. Better than Life After Death? That should have won a Grammy. Come on. Yeah. My God, how you feeling, man? What's going on? We just had Life After Death. I just changed it out. Um, obviously, the greatest rapper of all time, Donald Mars Knife. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, big. Yeah, we had Ready to Die and we had uh, Life After Death. But Nas, you know, he got that Grammy yesterday. He's one of the most influential rappers in our life, for sure. And then um, I got we got the JLF. We'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> What's going on, though, bro? Chilling, man. I feel like I ain't talked to you in 22 days, man. How y'all doing? Yeah, yeah, man. Good, man. Good, man. How's everything going? Uh, blessed but tired. Blessed but tired. You already know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. man. Don't, yo, New York is always calling, man. They they said you was living here for a while. <laughs> Y'all wore me out. That's why I'm tired now. Man. But, but I'm happy to be back. But I, it was fun there. It was a blast. Oh, Everybody oh. in New York, Jersey, cool. Y'all get right to the point. Yo, I'm rocking with it or not. That's eight it. minutes. I ain't jacking. Hey, I don't, I don't like that. I'm I ain't jacking it. I'm like, jacking it. I ain't thank you. No need. No need to beat around the bush, man. Let's get straight to yeah. it. That's it. You gotta. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. <laughs> that's that. That's that up top foul. Boys and Patterson's like, no, that's a scam. I'm like, you been on the block and ain't nobody. <laughs> what you talking about? But I, I respect the honesty, though. Okay. What they say was a scam. Investing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm showing you how to get in for free. What you talking about? Like, Yo, did did you give him your infamous line? That's one of the hardest lines of the year. Which one? Listen, if you lose your money, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> everybody don't get that treatment. <laughs> Not everybody. So <laughs> Yeah, man. I see yeah. you. I see, I see you, man, getting the family time in. Um, that's yeah. something that we talk about a lot. So I'm glad to see that that that's happening um for sure. Yeah, I didn't see my baby in 12 days, so I was having withdrawals. So um he was happy to see me. I was happy to see him. That family times mean means everything. So Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Shout out to um Rap Snacks, Master P, Wise Intelligent, and James um, sent us a, a nice package. So shout out to the good folks at Rap Snacks. Um, they doing their thing out there. Yeah, yeah, what y'all get some garlic and vinegar? What you get? Hey, we got a, we got a few flavors. We got yeah, we every got Migos. Migos got like five flavors. Yeah, the Migos got a bunch. <laughs> got a, Cardi hard. B. Cardi B got three flavors. Uh, Trina got two flavors. Well, how was it? Trina's? They were good? They were good? And Lil Baby just announced today. Did you see that? He signed? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he got a lemonade uh, brand coming out with Rap Snacks. He got five different flavors of lemonade. So shout out to Lil Baby. That's my, my favorite rapper of this generation. Yeah, shout out to Baby. That's my player. Um, and Goat for you. Shout out to Jerry Rice. From one goat to the next. Yeah, the legend himself. They sent us <laughs> uh-huh. a nice care package of Goat for you. Shout out to them. Man. A lot of care packages are getting sent. Yeah. That's a fact. Oh, they got some hoodies too for it. Rap Snacks? Rap snacks? Yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out to Rap Snacks. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So we'll give you the rundown this week. Earn Your Leisure, another jam-packed week. We have um, Spectacular. Uh, shout out to Spec- 
Yeah. Spectacular Smith. Spectacular Smith, man. If you was a fan of R and B <laughs> in the late nineties, you know the group well early two thousands. Early two thousands. Pretty Ricky, you might know him from, from Pretty Ricky, but um he's actually um uh astute businessman. And uh oh Ian, you got the whole choir. You got a choir? What's going on? Red Panda AME. <laughs> That's real quick. Go ahead. I muted okay. out so I wouldn't interrupt, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we about to start hearing Negro. I was gonna say, yeah, we gotta send some people to Houston. No, nah, I'm good. I'm protected. All right, all right. Okay. You Shout out to the people. Okay. Um, yeah, shout out to uh shout out to Spec. Shout out to Spec. His uh episode comes out tomorrow, five o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Earn Your Leisure. And um, good, good dude, man. He actually he's running the social media game now. Now he does social media ads and um, all kinds of ways to monetize on social, on social media and how to grow your business and just all kinds of business hacks. So that's going to be a dope episode that comes out tomorrow and uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, me, you, and uh, the whole gang. Who else is coming? We got Francis, Francis coming. And Francis, shout out to Francis. Yep. Um, and some other people might make some guest appearances. We're doing we our some surprises. Yeah, we're doing our investment conversation on EYL University. Once a month, we do that. We do the investment conversation, kind of just go over different stuff. And it's like a freestyle situation. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's going to be Wednesday. Wednesday, that's something that is probably one of our most anticipated classes that we do. Yeah, because it gives us a chance to let people know exactly what we're doing, the moves that we're making in real time. Because um, we're not just talking about them, we're actually living it. Uh, so it, it gives you an opportunity to see exactly what we're doing it, at the place we're doing it at and why we're doing it. So definitely uh, come in and check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll put the link if you want to guys want to join EYL University, 70% off right now. So, um, yeah, I think that that's the rundown of what we have going on. We might have something special happening on YouTube on Friday, too. And Saturday. Saturday? Yeah. What we have Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah, Saturday, Saturday. I'm doing my, I'm doing. I'm, I forget so much stuff going on. I got my financial planning call Saturday for EYL University. That's always a big one. I do that once a month when I go over life insurance, mm-hmm. retirement plans, long term investment, saving for your kid, and that's two hours uh, once once a month. So. Yeah, EYL University. Yeah. Check that. Check us out. And we got our, our book club this Sunday coming up too. So we're starting a new book. Uh, last time, last book we had was was stamped by Jason Reynolds. Shout out to Jason. Like I said, it was an incredible book, and even more of incredible conversation that we had with them. Uh, and Ernest, it is in our Facebook group. Our, our, our new book is by somebody that you might know that uh, who has killed the entertainment world, especially on ABC, Shonda Rhimes. So uh, definitely uh, tap in and be ready Sunday. We're gonna we're gonna go crazy. What yeah. book is that? With the Shonda Rhimes one. I'm gonna yeah. send it to you. I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, Shonda, go. He's Hundred million dollar deals, huh? <laughs> One of the greatest of all times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and you pulled up to a book club too. So I'll send, I'll send you the invite. Yeah, I'm being there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Me and Shadi both need some rest though. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about a Saturday call too. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, I'll be there in a book club for sure. So yeah, EYUniversity.com. Check it out. Um, so yeah, Ian, we pass the baton to you. Oh wait, let's do our disclaimer before you even start, Ian. Let's do that. I'm gonna just do the disclaimer while while we set you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. Perfect. Access to this, make you a host. You should be good now. And I'm just doing the disclaimer while we're in between that. So number one, first and foremost, as always, do your own research. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon. 
whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a message brought to you by the good folks at Earn Your Leisure and the good brother Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself. Do you You're always in such a good mood, man. You like the greatest person on earth. <laughs> I swear. My man ain't never had a bad day. Um, I want to walk you guys through tonight the top eight lessons I learned from investing during this recession. So in the great crash of 2008, I missed out. But on this one, I made sure to take full advantage. And I want you, everyone's so worried about a crash. Just realize every year the market drops 10%. No big deal. It's no different than the snow and the raining. But when we have hard pullbacks and hard corrections, I want you to be realize these are some of the greatest opportunities that we do have. So let's get right to it. Uh, first thing first, number one, recessions and depressions are the best times to invest into the market, but 99% of the people that are in the recession are afraid to do so. Type yes in chat if you wish you would have bought more in 2020. So when we have value drops, and I'll talk to specifically those of you that are in real estate, if any A1 neighborhood is available for 40% off, 50% off, which you buy into them. That's what happened last year. And I want to tell you guys, we're not going to have a correction anytime soon, or excuse me, a crash anytime soon. But when it presents themselves, you have to be fully prepared to take full advantage of them. Number two, you have to decide what the top two sectors you're going to invest in based on the crash of that era. So when 2020 came, everyone was like, yo, I'm going to buy houses and then I'm going to buy real estate. Guess what happened? Real estate prices went up because people were uh, commuting from urban environments to suburban ones, and then tech shot up and healthcare shot up. Last recession, tech, uh, tech uh, excuse me, healthcare companies did not go up as much as a result because every recession is different. And I'll tell you at the end how to prepare or the way I prepared for this one, and this to be the greatest gym that you'll hear in terms of uh, preparation for a recession. Number three, once you decide, pick the companies that you're interested in. So when everything hit the fan, right before we was deciding to do Market Mondays, like the market turned. And I was like, man, I, I need to get a whole new list of picks because the last thing I want is people being like, well, Ian said he was good or EYL endorsed him. And man, he got me in some BS picks. So I had to adjust. So I went through the Russell 2000, the Dow, NASDAQ. And these were the ones I came up with for tech. So VGT, Vanguard, ETF, Apple, Microsoft, AMD, Tesla. Great. Healthcare. Another Vanguard, VHT, write these down. IBB, Moderna, thank you to the good people at Moderna and Dr. Fauci for making this one, one of the picks of the year. Johnson & Johnson and Eli Lilly. Kudos to everybody in Indianapolis. Uh, Eli Lilly is probably one of the greatest companies in the last 100 years, and they've done pretty well during this recession as well. Number four, always be prepared for disaster and plan in advance when to buy if shit hits the fan. Now, I know my family don't want me to curse, so I'm going to slide one in for the night and be done. But if everything falls apart, you need to mark off. Please write these down. If the market goes in half, if we drop 70%, and if we drop and lose 80% of our value out of those companies that you want, where would you buy? That's literally an old school algorithm to know when to buy during a crash. 50% off, when it's dropped 70% off, and then when it's dropped 80, you won't always get to 80, but there, when a company is of high value and high revenue, you want to buy those at those prices. Number five, no one cares about bubbles or over leveraging unless it affects them. And no one cares about a crash until it's here. 
I can tell you now, because the market is up, no one cares about being defensive. And you talked about it last week, Rashad, about playing defense. But no, people want to play defense after their house is already on fire. You can't get insurance after your house is burning down. We need to prepare. So while the market is up, and then we hit all-time highs today, I literally want you to go on your phone right now, look at the five-year month, and see if the market fell again 50 or 55%. Where would you buy? So when the market does crash, you don't have to actually panic. Number six, buy great companies with amazing revenue when others are scared. So there's a lot of companies that went out of business. I know that the Reddit squad has pushed a lot of companies up that are not of uh, tremendous value, but they won't be here in two or three years. You want to focus on companies that are at least doing half a billion dollars of revenue. Ideally, you want them to be a billion plus. Number seven, this is the truth. Not many want to be good at investing. Most just want to throw money into the market in hopes that it goes up. But if you draw these value lines, you're able to have a considerable edge. And that's why I always stress reading 100 pages a day, putting your time in on the charts and being focused and then immersing yourself in silence because most people do not really want to be good at this. I know you guys that are watching and thank you for tuning in every week, but most don't give a damn about being good at this. And number eight, this is the tip. Write this down. This will probably take you four or five days worth of research. If you go through Investopedia and Wikipedia, that'll cut your time down. Go study all 47 recessions. And understand what can happen if the market drops and if we're faced with a recession. I know investing has risk and you always hear that the past does not tell you what's going to happen in the future. But when you do your back testing on a macro level, you're going to see it's the same five things that cause a recession each and every time. And once you see the parallels from 1923 through now, you will see that it's the same really three issues, the issues that happen over and over and over again. So please write that down. Study all 47 recessions that have happened in modern history. And I need you to know this. So even during a Great Depression, it will suck to go through it, but the max that we'll go through a recession is four years. Like ideally three years and 10 months is the maximum time that we will be in it. In 2020, it was four months and everyone act like the world was on fire. But if we ever hit a depression or a heavy recession, this will be a good time to build a base. And we'll talk about this later. But a base is when a, a price is staying flat. So let's say the average price is 100 and it's going down to 90 and the max is going to 110. But if you're piling in thousands of shares for a three or four year period, like Tesla did leading up to last year, you can buy thousands of shares and then get a multiple of 5X or 7X and then potentially be a millionaire, depending on how many shares that you have bought. I want to ask this real quick. Are you guys interested in taking a company public? So if we brought a deal to you guys and we can invest as a family, would you be interested in that type? Yes, if so. And I, I want us to show the world what kind of power we have too by all these comments and chat. So this is a six-step plan to overcome your fear of trading. <clears throat> so now people are more afraid of trading than ever. There's more people in it, more competition, right? So this is what I want you to do for all my traders. Write these down. Number one, I want you to master one setup that you're going to trade. I don't care if it's a moving average, double moving average, snipers, if it's momentum, please type in chat what your one setup is. You can't have a secondary move, one setup. Number two, write down what you would trade. I want you to trade one asset, one instrument, and leave it at that. Number three, write down the number of trades you're going to take per year. The truth is, 
brokerages know that if you overtrade, they are going to make more money than you as a result. So over leveraging and over trading is like you setting yourself up to being robbed out of the market. You have to map out the number of trades you're going to take for the year in advance. So if you have a benchmark, you're able to easily surpass it. Number four, write down the times that you're going to trade. And Dream Team is here. It's something we've been going over a lot. But, but for those of you that are trading the bond market, you need to trade that from 7.20 a.m. Central to 8.20 flat. And then you have another period from 8.30 a.m. Central to 9.30. After that, you're done. For those of you that are trading midday on your lunch break from 11 to 1, you're going to get destroyed. Go, And this is every market. Futures, stocks, Forex, the dead zone, what a lot of people call it, or zombie hours. Even in penny stocks, if you're trading past a certain time, you're not going to have enough liquidity to be able to get into your move. Or if you do, and you have a bunch of shares or a bunch of contracts, you won't be able to get out. Um, number five, pick the three sizes that you're going to trade. So whenever we have a tremendous loss, let's say you lose like 40% of your account. And let's say you're now shell-shocked because you had a big loss. I want you to pick a very small size that if your life is on the line, it would not hurt you. For those in the futures market, that may be two contracts. Then you're going to have your medium-sized contracts that you trade or medium number of shares. Please write what that would be. For those of you in the futures market, that would be like 10 contracts. And third, you want to write down your large amount. So for those of you who are able to trade size, that would be like 33, 34, or 41. And then step six, I want you to trade small size first so you can build confidence. So this is akin to like making a layup. So whenever you have a loss, it hurts you, it fractures you, it breaks your soul. Now you have to go back in small to build your confidence to see that you're able to actually hit your targets again. And once you do that, so let's say if you are planning to take 18 trades per year, take them with two contracts, practice hitting the 18, and then size up after you know what your numbers are. A lot of times traders will lose all their money. So let's say you're trading 30 contracts and you lose 15 grand. You're like, let me go right back in and try to make up the 30 when you should probably chip away two grand at a time until your confidence is back. Um, next week, I'm going to, and I, I love tech, but I'm getting very fearful by 2039 that China will take us over as the number one superpower. I'm going to do a full breakdown on that next week, but I want you guys to start doing your research when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That because if China takes over and that number one leadership spot and the technology is already better, I'm worried about the value of our current market. Um, these are the top six lessons that I've gotten from John Templeton. Please screen share these.
screenshot these right now. One, all investing is global. So we used to be in a marketplace where the market was separated. It's not separate anymore and has not been for a long period of time. So once you make a decision, I want you to understand that all companies in all countries are competing globally. So I know some of you are looking to invest in Chinese companies, but you still have to ask if you give yourself access or exposure to those companies, are they still better than the ones in America? If not, you cannot invest in them. There is no separate market anymore. All of them are together and tied together um, unanimously. Number two, always take a contrarian approach. So a lot of times, especially during a recession or a depression or a crash, all your friends or family are going to tell you, you're crazy. Don't touch it. The stock market thing is a scam. You're going to lose all your money. And if you buy bad companies, that is true. But March of last year, when we were getting on here and saying, hey, buy Disney, buy Apple, Moderna, Franklin Dynatech, because of quantitative easing, we knew that the market was going to go up. And here's one thing I need you guys to get comfortable with. No one's going to agree with you and your investment philosophy. That's why it has to be your thesis and your thesis only. Number three, you still have to make sure that the fundamentals are good. I remember Trevor Shaw coming on and being like, do you think Boeing has actually lost 70% of its actual value because the market fell? No. And Boeing's not the best company. So if you compare that to a Microsoft, an NVIDIA, AMD, who had great revenue, do you think because we dropped hard for 25 days that those companies are not of value anymore? It's not true. Fundamentals have to be strong. Number four, don't be afraid to make big bets. So there's a time when you should put more money into the market. And there's times when you should stay away. But when we have excessive crashes and we're down 50, 60%, that's when you have to size in. I'm going to be honest with you. Today or tomorrow is not the time to put 100 grand into the market. We're at the top of the market. You have to buy when things are at its lowest and at its deepest prices discount. There's no way around that. I don't care what you buy. Real estate, businesses, stocks, you have to wait till things drop. Number five, and this is the issue that most people have, please do not rush into a position. I know some of you want to buy Tesla, but it's not worth buying at 900. You know it's crazy in a market as high last year when Elon went on Twitter and was like, hey, I think our stock is too high. And he was right. And then it fell 30%, and then it went back up. So map out the areas in which you want to be able to get in in advance so you're not panicking and buying at bad prices and drawing down 25% when you don't have to. And number six, this is the most important. Uh, every time I FaceTime Troy, I'm like, bro, what you doing? I know what he's doing because I can see the screen glare. He's in those charts. And guess what he does not have around him? 93 people egging him on. When you are quiet and you're staying away from the noise, especially of the internet, you can do your own research on your own prices of where to get in. And that's going to give you your edge ultimately. There's been a lot of discussion of value versus tech. And now is tech worthless and value there? Listen, it's very simple. People bought tech first because it can give the highest gains when nothing else is really going to go up. Now, Ford, banks, and some other value assets are the only things that are remaining that have not continuously hit all-time highs. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You guys are going to rotate yourselves into a poverty. But the only good deals that are remaining if something is still 50% off, and it may take you four years to get there, but if you can buy something that's 50% off, hold it for a four-year period, you'll be good. So it's not an either-or battle. It's not value or tech. It's tech provided the highest return on investment. That's your A player. 
Now, value is your B player. Now you can get some good deals. And hopefully, because you won't get the same return that you did last year, maybe you can get 20, 25, 30% and some value stocks this year, which is still absolutely amazing. I want you to look at a 90-year chart. And I want to highlight this to you really quick. If you look down here during these drops, here, 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 and here. These are ideal times to buy. Do you know when is not a great time to buy? Up here. You can literally go look and see. Let me go back. And that these are not the ideal places to buy. Stay away from the tops. Enjoy the crashes. Load heavy. But when you do the work in advance, and write this down, you can place a limit order, which means you want to get in at a specific price. So if we fall again, you'll get in at that low price, that discount price, and then you'll be able to ride it up and be smooth. But the thing that I want to point out more than anything is I want you to be able to buy great companies at great prices and not panic. Please type this in chat. Recessions are opportunities to free our families of financial slavery. Everyone that I knew that was rich in 2020 were elated. I tried to get someone to come on the show, but they like to be private. But I know some people that was putting in $30,000, $40,000 a month last year. And as a result, it made them several million dollars. So if you can't do that, that's fine. But pick the number for you that will help you elevate and get your family out of whatever situation you're trying to elevate them into. Um, and I want to say this. Tech is not dead. We just aren't going to get 400% returns this year. I think last year, made, especially if you're new, you have to realize this is not normal. These kind of returns are not normal. The expected return should be 7 to 12%. If you're trading and you stay, you know, diligent to your plan, you should be able to knock out anyone for anywhere from 100 to 800%. You know, if you're on a dream team, you may be able to do a little bit better. But the normal range is 7 to 15%. I think we've gotten so excited and so um, euphoric about the market that we think that we're going to print 100% every year. It's not going to happen. And I don't care how many Discord groups you're in, it's not going to happen. And lastly, I want to tell you what to do if we go through a lost decade of returns. So before NASDAQ took off, and Rashad said this uh, a few months ago, the tech was overinflated. And then if you go look, NASDAQ is now higher than the S&P 500, which the S&P 500 is the benchmark of where the market is. But from 99 to 2009, the market was relatively flat. So these are the three factors I want you to consider. If we do enter a period, and I'm not saying that we will, but if we do, you have to realize, number one, this is a blessing because you get to get stocks at a cheaper price and build a base. So building a base, I define as a price where I can then either buy hundreds or thousands of shares at a low price. Type yes in chat if you wish you could have got in on Tesla when it was 400% cheaper. If so, that's the equivalent of building a base. For those who did it in 20. 12, 13, 14, 15, or 15 through 19, they made a hell of a lot of money by building that base at one particular price. Number two, money being saved equals less spending, which will hurt some of the products in the market. So it's going to be slower. The reason why most companies do not want us to save is so that they and their families and those companies can get rich off of our spending. It does drive the stock value higher but the best thing for your household is to save more and invest more. But if we go through a period, five years, six years, seven years, I don't want you to leave the market alone. I want you to keep piling in money every month. So once we do have an explosion period, you're able to get a multiple 5x, 7x, or 10x. And then number three, realize with highest interest rates, 
the funding will be slower. So there's a lot of SPACs that are coming out, a lot of IPOs. That's because the money had no cost. With inflation and prices going up, the deals are going to slow down a little bit. And Lord forbid if we get to three and a quarter or 4%, something ridiculous like that, the deals are going to slow down um, very quickly. And then we may even have a real estate crash after that. So I want to share, I got my family here with me. We've been uh, parlaying all week. So really quickly, I want to share a couple of pieces of advice from you and their perspective. So for me, the number one piece of advice I wish that I knew going back to last recession through now is put every spare dollar into the market for 10 years. I know that's a tough-ass sacrifice for people to make, but fellas, I'm going to be real with you. You spend a lot of money on things that provide no value. So if you stop hopping in DMs and trying to fly girls out and get them BBLs, you will be able to have more money <laughs> in a five-year period because Shaniqua don't want you anyway. Um, she's going to run off with, with Deontay as soon as she gets the BBL, right? Um, and then from a trading perspective, it's once you have mastered your primary setup, do not deviate under any circumstances, but only trade that one system. Because traders, we all know this, especially if you overtrade, you system hop a lot. So one day you're trading RSI and stochastic. Then you're doing double moving averages. Now you're trading a daily open or you're trading high, low and close, right? And you're changing everything so much, you're never never able to get an edge. Same thing in basketball. Like Rashad, he can shoot that rocky at the Allen Houston jumper. So like once he got his form, he didn't change it every other week. The consistency and, and the value that is there. And I've said it a million times, even if Buffett told me to change what my setup was, I would not do it. That's how much I lean on it. But I'm going to give you guys a couple of gems real quick and share with you. Um, Pacey, what's one piece of advice on investing you would give everyone tonight that you've learned over the years? To prioritize it like you, like you do your bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. To, um, and it, it may seem like, um, like I don't have enough money to do it, but small amounts over a long period of time yeah. can have, you know, reasonable return. What's reasonable for you? that you've experienced the last few years? 30, 40, 50%. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. My, my boy, what about you? Um, I wish I knew that uh, small wins go a long way mm -hmm. and that um, I thought I was too young to start investing in that culturally we're kept out of the market for a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, that if I were started 10 years ago at 20 or 21 years old, then I would have been retired and been out of the market and yeah. uh, been comfortable. So I wish I knew that the power to compound in that, uh, that I could take 2% a day and grow my account by 50 plus percent a month. So I wish I knew that. That's a good one. Yeah. What about you, Queen? For me, I would say investing in quality companies sooner because I knew to invest, but I didn't know what to invest in. So I made a lot of investments in companies that weren't getting me the right return. So I wasn't investing in technology yeah. and things of that nature. So I just wish I would have known to invest in quality companies. What's your favorite company to invest in? Um, Apple, even though I don't have any Apple products, which is weird. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Team Android. Queen Amber. <laughs> Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback on pretty much the same thing that Pace and Don said. It's just um, realizing that you actually have the opportunity to invest into the market. Mm -hmm. It's not for the rich and yeah. the wealthy. Um, if you just pack a little bit, that 
10 to 20 percent that they tell you to put in your bank account to save instead of just letting it sit there and interest of pennies yeah you can make interest of dollars by investing it to the market in really good quality stock what's your favorite company over the last three years oh, apple microsoft you, you have square i do not have square oh my god we gotta get you on square <laughs> apple microsoft is good though that's my baby julissa what, what's the biggest piece of advice you'll give I would say to realize that your job isn't going to get you there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're conditioned to be employed and that's not going to get you the freedom. So the market can get you the freedom that you're looking for. Yeah. You just got to get out there and get the information. What's going on, brother? How you feeling? Uh, honestly, I'll piggyback off what you said, um, you know, investing every disposable dollar into the market. Mm -hmm. um, like before my wife and I bought our house, we, you know, pretty much calculated all the money that we wasted in our 20s and 30s you comfortable sharing a number or roundabout number uh between 20 and forty thousand. and if you would invest all that money over like a five-year period how much more would you have uh a lot more <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am gq drew um i would say just start get your feet wet yeah like you know by starting you can build on that and just learn from there and grow from there and what correlations do you see in real estate and uh, invest in the stock market that um, where you see parallels in, in terms of the lessons? Um, you buy low, so I, yeah. you know, you make your money going into the deal. Yeah, that's true. Your alpha or your return is going to be based on where you guys get in. Because you can get a great company, like if, even if you buy Apple at a high price, if you buy it at too high of a price, it may take you two years or a year and a half to get a return on it. Um, and then, P, what's the biggest lesson you would share with everybody tonight? Uh, definitely, if you want to build your wealth, do long-term investments. Mm -hmm. um, right now, everybody wants to trade. Everybody's not built for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, true. you got uh, <laughs> to we'll, we'll talk trading soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk trading soon. But but start there. And the reason why I wanted to, to highlight them, because I wanted to show the diversity, but also to show it's possible with us. I mean, we've been doing that every week. But I think for those of you who are new, you need to see that people of our hue this is for us as well. Like I said, we were the first asset that was traded in the market. And I think we have to take full advantage of that together. And then once you build your own base, your own family, your own team, it's a hell of a lot more fun. And I think uh, the good brothers at EYL will attest to that. So Troy, Jamal, Mike, you, in our group chat, trap, man, when we get going, it's, it's jumping. So do it with friends, people that you trust, that, that are going to keep you accountable, execute, and it'd be a hell of a lot easier. Uh, for you guys. All right, man. Another another great presentation. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. About yes. to follow through jump on this one. <laughs> I, I was listening to this. It, it, it reminded me, somebody put it in the chat too. And shout out to all the earners and everybody on YouTube. It felt like I was listening to that Lauren Hill skit. Like, love? What's love? But we're talking about stocks. So I want to salute everybody that's in that room. That's very powerful. And it's a testament to what it looks like when we come together for the same cause. So shout out to everybody in that room, man. Uh, salute to y'all. Yeah, definitely. You got a whole army behind you, like I said. <laughs> well, we, we have an army. Fact, big fact. That's a fact, man. Shout out to everybody that's out there educating themselves and taking the steps because there's never it's never too late to start. And um, there's never... A little bit. It's not like that. People saying like, you know, I only have a little bit of money, but a little bit is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just start. Just start. 
And what happens when you start with a little bit of money and you see, like, especially for us, you'll take 100, put it in, and it goes to, like, 125, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Then you get 250, you see 250 grow to, like, 280, and you're like, man, let me call my cousin and get 3,000 real quick. <laughs> then it's like, yo, okay, now if you flip it to six, give me half. Don't fall out with your family. But I think the thing that more that's really important is that we start small so we can build trust and see that it actually works. And then after it works, all of a sudden we magically find the money to be able to invest into the market. So for those of you who are watching for the first time, you don't have to start with 50,000 or anything crazy. Start with a few hundred and then build your way up. That is a fact. That is a fact. So I want to get into some trending topics before we go to questions. But Troy, I know you had some... Um... Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess it's breaking news for us here in New York. And Ian, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts because we've been talking about marijuana for a long time. But literally right before we came on, maybe an hour before, the governor said that we are really close to uh, getting something passed here in New York about on in regards to the legalization of recreational marijuana wow. and marijuana reform. And so that type of news, especially here in New York, is exciting because that's something that obviously we spoke about. How can a state generate more revenue? And we mm -hmm. said two things, right? We said legalize marijuana, which long shot, yeah. but now the governor's saying that we're close, and sports gambling. And so hopefully that'll be next. Um, and so I, I was looking at the stocks and everybody, you know, if you watch the CNBC and if you watch us, we've been telling you about Canopy Grow and Tilray and uh, Village Farms VFF. But also, and this is, this is something, and every time I look at these singular positions and we know how volatile they are, I'm always thinking, shot, he's in my head. Like, okay, well, where can we find an ETF? And so I did my due diligence. Like you said, Ian, anytime you call me, you're going to see the glare off the screen because I'm, you know, yeah. I'm looking at the charts. And so I found a, a great ETF, YOLO, another one of those names that is like, that's fitting, YOLO. Um, and they've been the performance over the past year has been great. And if you look at the chart, it's almost had a V recovery since Corona. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something definitely that I would keep on my watch list, especially when we see New York pass it and we see New Jersey already pass it. It's just a matter of time before we start seeing the rest of the country start legalizing it for recreational purposes. And then THCX is another ETF that I'm watching very closely. And I think you should too, uh, especially if you believe in, in marijuana. I know we were talking about it maybe last year when we were like, you know what? You don't want to get into a, a, a space before it's time, but it, it's, it's, it's approaching very fast. It's, it's getting there very fast. And so these are, these are two stocks obviously, or two ETFs that I would definitely keep on my watch list. If, if, if marijuana is, is an industry that you think will, will blossom in the next two to five years, if not longer. Um, so definitely put those on. And, and Tilray, obviously we've been watching that. And Canopy, I'll give you the, the ticket for T-L-R-Y. And Canopy Grow is weed. That's crazy. That's one of those yeah. like, oh, that, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, so weed is their ticker. Yeah. Um, VFF, how, how did you find that one? Just read it again. So I, every time you do research, see my face, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time you, you do research, the rabbit hole gets deeper. And I try to tell people and hopefully they'll understand that when you find one thing, you'll find the next. And so as I was, I was looking at Tilray, as I was looking at Canopy Grow, I said, I, right, my brother came to my mind. Let me find an ETF that has these. And so yeah. I looked inside of YOLO and I looked inside of T, uh, TCHX and I'm looking at, let's see what the allocation is. And lo and behold, I believe it was uh, YOLO. The number one allocation is Village Farms. I said, okay, now, now let me go look at Village Farms and let me see what they're about. And so that's how I came about it. I, I, again, once you start doing the rabbit hole of research, the hole gets deeper and deeper, and then you learn so much more just from trying to do the research. So this one, when we say do the homework, that's the. This is some of the homework. Y'all see my face? 
<laughs> one, one eleven for VFF would be pretty pretty damn good. And Tilray's been pushing up. I used to hate Tilray, but it's solid now. One spliff away keeps the evil away. One, one spliff away like keeps the. That's a fact. <laughs> just one, just one, responsibly. Um, well, another another thing about New York is 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 crazy about New York because um another thing that they was talking about was bringing um casinos. Yes. Because um obviously the economy got destroyed by Corona. So um, they're looking at ways to, you know, increase revenue and taxes. And um, they were actually, did you send me that article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a few um, high powered Las Vegas casinos have secretly been making their way to make an entry into New York. There's a lot of rumors that New York is going to legalize um, gambling on a a larger scale. Mm -hmm. And even in the city, if not in the city, right outside the city. Um, so they already a couple of um, casinos that have their their fingerprints Eyes on New York. What was yeah, ones? Yeah. Uh, I know Wynn was one of them. MGM has tried, but they but they're right now they're filing for their licensing for it. Yeah. And so if they're filing for their licensing, there's a reason why they're doing it. it. Right. There's a reason why they're doing it, and it makes perfect sense. Like we said, we have to generate revenue. We've lost billions of dollars. <laughs> if you go to New York City. Right now, if you go outside, you're like, wait, how? No, Broadway's not open. It's a open. ghost town. Yeah. Theaters aren't open. Nothing's, where are we gonna generate money? And so when you start seeing people following for licensing, especially in gambling, the wind group, for sure, definitely on my watch list, something's brewing. And and, and it's bigger than just New York, cause New York biased, but yeah, biased. New York is the, is the epicenter of the world. So when you see New York adapt something it's not just like, all right, it's only going to happen in New York. It's going to be a trickle-down effect. Mm-hmm. Not only in the Northeast, big cities, because everybody got to compete with, has to compete with New York. Yeah. So when you see New York do something, like, don't be surprised if Philly and D.C. and Boston follow, and then that'll, that wave might just strike the whole country, Chicago. It makes, what makes it interesting is that our, our neighbor, New Jersey, has kind of lead, led the way in this, which yeah. is, like, crazy. We always think of them as, like, if you're from Jersey, like, you're a little brother, right? But... <laughs> Jersey kind shout of out, led shout, the, out, shout out to everybody from Jersey. Jersey. Shout out in Bricktown, Newark, every all parts of Jersey. We love y'all. Shout out to Vineland. I got some family out there. Uh, but they've led the way. They've already legalized recreational marijuana and they already had sports betting. And so we're watching this happening, watching revenue being generated. And we're sitting here in a deficit. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. Win, $98 at win would be pretty damn nice. And them boys in Irvington, they not listening to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Patterson crew. Shout out to and Patterson. Like 10 splits in. So. <laughs> South, yeah. South to East Orange, man. Shout out to everybody out there in Jersey doing their thing. Well, yeah, it's interesting. And then, of course, you know, our, the governor in New York is in battles right now. So that's interesting to see how that plays It's out. a well-positioned move that he's doing now to get out of some of the issues some, that he's some in. Political, some political support. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say so. Yeah, but all, and it was... Hey, go ahead, Ian. No, it's, it's interesting that after he stopped being a media darling, then that's when all the attacks came. It was a cycle. You guys should also look into who could potentially uproot him, too. Because that gives some implications of what could get passed there as well. And who they have ties to. I know I'm talking to Cole, but I want them to make their own work. <laughs> the Republicans are going to make a strong push. Very strong. Republicans are going to make a strong push to take over. Um, so that'll be interesting. So, yeah, like politics, we haven't talked about politics in a while. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but it's, it's hand in hand with, with investing. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, politics and investing go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff that happens is because of politicians, for good or bad. Yeah. So it's important to keep abreast. Your political 
views as your political views, but it's important to at least be aware of what's going on because what's going on politically will affect your investments. And the Republicans are going to use the same strategy that the Democrats used against Bush and say, well, you ruined the economy. Because when I was in New York, I'm like, man, I can walk down 53rd in the middle of the street and I get ran over. <laughs> it was like, there's no traffic out there. So if real estate values drop, like most places are only at 20% occupancy, that's going to be on his watch, especially with all these companies going to Florida, coming here to Texas, which Houston or Texas may be the new New York in about 10 years, <laughs> uh, if they don't get things under control. Yeah. Um, and at some point, they're going to have to get the tax part under control. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. He's going to have a tough time over these next couple of years, but that commercial real estate values being dropped so much, that's going to be one of the main things uh, that people are going to use against them. But Facebook, they have a considerable position there. But if more companies don't pile in, he's going to be in trouble. And I'm, I'm not going to give any more political predictions because no, no, last no, no, time. No, no, no. Why? <laughs> we, can't, we can't let him do right. I don't want to speak it into existence. <laughs> I don't want to speak it into existence. Actually, let's let's talk about something real quick if we can. Um, that's a hot topic. The um, stimulus check. A lot of people are getting their stimulus checks. So, um, you know, this might be the first opportunity. There was some jokes online about like, I'm gonna get the stimulus and I'm gonna buy the ocean and get the LLC. That's funny. That. You want Ruth Chris to bring out the food yeah. for you? And then with the other half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, um, in all in all jokes, there's some level of like truth. So this is an opportunity for some people that, mm -hmm. you know, they might be their first opportunity to invest. You know, it's not anything that's gonna be life changing, but mm -hmm. they might be able to invest a thousand dollars for the first time. I mean, mm -hmm. They might've been piled up on bills. They might've been, you know, just living yeah. day to day. And this is an opportunity for them to get, you know, additional couple thousand dollars. And now they might put, be able to put a thousand dollars. So, yeah. And, so, and for some families, they can earn up to 8,200, depending on how much they make. And if they have children, I know a family of four that makes under 150,000, I think you can get up to 8,200. So you're talking about, even if you invest half of that, that's a, a very nice starting point for somebody to be investing. So the next question is, okay, like if I never invested, I got a stimulus, I got a couple thousand, a thousand, whatever, where should I invest? So I'll let everybody give their two cents on it. But we spoke about before, index funds is always a great way, especially for new investors, beginners. Um, you know, the Russell 2000, the S&P 500 um, are two probably of the, the main indexes for investors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out, You've never invested ever. This is an easy way where you can go. There's no fees, no commission. Um, you can invest your money and now at least you can get your feet wet. And then also if you want to have start investing for your child, mm -hmm. you know, we spoke about this before, but you know, every week there might be somebody new that's watching. So of course you can open up a 529 plan mm -hmm. if you are interested in investing for your child's education. Each state offers their own. 529 plan, depending on what state you live in, you get a tax benefit for that state, or you can invest in an UTMA, which is a custodial account. And once again, you can invest in an index fund. You can invest in ETFs, which we talk about a lot, or you can invest in some of the companies that, you know, are the most obvious, Apple, Google, Microsoft, things of that nature, Microsoft, things yeah. of that nature. So, you know, like I said, we want to we talk about a lot of advanced stuff, high level stuff, but we can never forget that somebody, somebody's watching that has never invested and they might be their first time watching. So yeah. we never want to go too fast that we're leaving people behind. Yeah. It's the same thing that, that we've always said. Obviously we said, and Ian has reiterated every Monday, right? Two indexes, two texts. 
And I always tell people, yes, that's true. But if you're trying to find which are the companies that you should do, if you're looking at tech, I always tell you, look around you. What are you investing in? Where are you spending your money? Are you shopping on Amazon? That's a yep. publicly traded company. Please invest. Do you have Apple products? Are you watching us right now on a MacBook? Do you use an iPhone? If you're listening to us, are you on earbuds? If you're doing all those things, you're already investing in the company. You're already a consumer in the company. Why not be an owner in the company? And so those are the things that you should look at if you're looking at tech or wherever you're spending your money, right? And I love, you know, we had this conversation with people. We talked about Domino's being a tech company. Like if you're spending yeah. every Friday, you're getting your kids Domino's, you probably should invest in it. Their run is crazy. If Nike's a company that you're buying every month for your children and they're reporting their earnings this week, you probably should own some sock in Nike. Don't overcomplicate it. Follow your money. You know what's a super sleeper? Samuel Adams. You guys go look at the ticker SAM. Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks like Tesla. Wait, you gave it the oh. ooh baby? Oh baby. Like, <laughs> like if I call something that I really messed up, Novavax and Sam Adams, I should have called last year. Um, Sam Adams chart is insane. If we go through charts tonight, I'll show it. And then AMD, for those of you who are new at 64, is good. You got to hold it for a five-year period. But Sam Adams, you wouldn't think it would be one of those companies that are so dominant. Mm -hmm. But them and Domino's, I mean, it's pizza and beer. It I mean, <laughs> sells itself. But AMD at 64 is a good one um, as well. But you have to hold for five years. Kevin, Kevin Plan on YouTube said, can you show us step-by-step -step on how to get started? So I'm going to do this in two steps. So, Kevin, this is for you. Um, you open up TD Ameritrade. You download the app. TD Ameritrade is free. No, TD Ameritrade is not the only app. You can do Fidelity. You can do Robinhood. I'm just using it as an example. You yeah. download TD Ameritrade, right? You open up. You're going to open up a brokerage account. They're going to give you like different options of what kind of account you want to open up. You can open up an IRA account. You can open up a Roth IRA account. You can open up a custodial account. But if you want to just start with yourself, you open up a brokerage account. They're going to ask you like a bunch of different questions, your level of investment, how much money you make, da da da, da. Pretty self-explanatory. You answer those questions. Now, once you have it up and running, you have to link your bank account. You link your bank account information with the brokerage account. That allows you to transfer money. You transfer money from your bank account. It's going to go into your broker account. Take a couple of days. When it gets there, you can buy an index. SPY is the S&P 500 index. You type in SPY and it's going to say buy. And then you buy it. <laughs> that's, that's, we talked about it before. Maybe we should just do it live next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of self-explanatory, but yeah. we, we can if, yeah. if, if that's needed. We have, my teachers, right? <laughs> we have different types of learners. We have some visual, some yeah. auditory, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, hopefully that was, that was helpful. Um, yeah. Because you know, there's always somebody that's like, well, teach me. You don't show me how. <laughs> Try, trying to. Open, trying to. open the account for me. Well, that's the next thing. That's the next thing. Can, I want to. I want to just bring somebody on for for a few minutes, uh, um, because there was some some breaking news that broke out, and um, this might affect a lot of people. So we have to always educate at always at every given moment. Let's see if Bob Floyd's here. Is he there? Mm, not yet. Jeff, man, that's a oh. sleeper. Yeah. And for those of you that are in the crypto space, we are not going to ignore that. Crypto went up to sixty-two thousand yesterday. We're not going to go Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin went up to sixty-two thousand yesterday. It pulled back. It's at fifty-six uh, six right now. Uh, and we're not going to ignore that in the past six days. That you know that topic we kept talking about with Mark Cuban and Gary V. NFT has been on fire. <laughs> That's all they're putting out is NFT NFT content. Uh, I mean, I read Business Insider. They had an NFT section on Sunday. I read Wall Street Journal. They had an NFT section, not an article, a section. Uh, I read Forbes. Same thing. Sixty-three. 69? $69 million purchase yeah. of digital art. Don't let that go over your head. I gotta talk to that guy. Um Bib Bibble? People. People. He's 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 the guy right now. Um GBTC at 37 is a is a decent entry. And kudos to Azalea Banks for selling their auditory sex tape for the whatever crazy amount of set hey, now. Wait, what 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 did she do? Well, I got my son here. She got an auditorium. Oh, yeah. We'll, talk, we'll do that later or next week when he's not around. My bad. Go, go Google. That's trading after dark. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I don't know where our esteemed um, friend is right now, but let's go to some questions and then we'll figure it out. All right. Oh, this is, uh, I got to reclaim it from one second. I'm going to just reclaim holes from you. Then I can take some questions. Exactly. Perfect, perfect. All right, about to start talking wild with, with the king going. My bad, Mike. What's Mike? What's going on? I see him. I see him. Unmute hey, yourself. You've been unmuted. Hey, what's up, y'all? Um, my question. Um, okay, so the number of, this is for Ian. The number of total trades that we're supposed to take is that for futures and stock? Uh, separate pile. So. Write out the number for futures and write out the number for stocks. And then that has to be, you have to be able to be, beat the benchmark that you have and that number of trades. So how many futures trades are you going to take for the year and how many on stocks? Okay. All right. Thank you. And it's good. No, 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 no. Tell me the number. Oh, um, well, the total is going to be 60. For each? For, well, totals. So I was thinking at least like 20. In futures, okay, and then I was gonna do and 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 with um total trades like I was gonna do like like I do lump sum instead of doing monthly, yeah. So I was I'm gonna good count with that. as in total trades. Well, what stocks are you looking at? Uh, of course, Tesla. Okay, I'm looking. So that right there will be majority of everything Tesla and Apple, and of course, what you give is stock pick because I have the one yeah. that you gave. I didn't buy much of it. I sent it to you, and it like it's taken off. So I'm I'm gonna ask you for another entry. Uh, Five sixty nine for Tesla's is pretty damn good. And what's the other one you looking at? Uh, the other one, say it on here. You can say it. All right, purple. Like twenty seven oh three. All right, bet twenty seven oh three. Uh oh, the purple globe is back. The hey. purple globe is back. <laughs> the purple globe is back. Trading has considerable risk. This is for <laughs> advisor. This is for entertainment purposes only. Only, so. only, only. Remember that disclaimer in the beginning, y'all. Please. <laughs> Must hold for five years. No trades. No short-term speculation. You ready? Please. Yeah. Caller, unmute yourself, please. MG, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's up, my brother? What's good? What's good? What's good? How you feeling? Good, man. What's we blessed. Man, I'm alive and blessed. I woke up today. 
shout out to all the earners in EYL Nation. Yo, Ian, I just tuned in to this. You got a studio audience behind you, bro? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got my dream too. I got my family with me. Yo, <laughs> when I come back out, we all going to come to Queens next time. Yo, how deep are you right now? It's a, it's a few of us, you know. <laughs> shout out to the family, yo. The master yeah, invest the click. <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to the dream team. It's uh, not only the best traders in the group, but like the most honorable people. Like the people that you surround yourself with have to have great character. So not only like am I able to trust them, but if they'll call me on my shit too, if I'm not on it. So same way like how you were Matt. So Matt come like yo, you tripping? You need to. I'm like, bro, that's two thirty the morning. They're the same way. Uh, yo, love is love. Love family. is love. We 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 need that realness. That that real that real has to be around us at all times. You can't have fake and phony people on your your circle. You can't have no yes men. You got to be able to check people in a respectful way, so that way you can keep it moving. So shout out to your dream team. Absolutely. That's a fact. Matt, I wanted to bring Matt on because he made a post about um, Freddie Mac lowering, um, well, raising the requirements for one of their programs from for 5% down to 15% down. And that's going to be effective April 1st. Mm, so this seems, this seems like this is something that's important news and it's time sensitive because it's changing in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I thought that, you know, having MG on for a couple of minutes to talk about that was would be timely. So what's going on with that? All right, so Freddie Mac Home Possible. Type that in the, in the, in the comments, in my invoice. Freddie what's, Mac what's it called? Home Possible. Freddie Home Mac possible? Home Possible. Type that in the comments. YouTube, earners, type that in the comments. Freddie Mac Home Possible, right? This Home Possible program, and you guys are on Google, you can go look at it for yourself, right? It's a it's primarily for first-time homebuyers, right? <clears throat> it's an income-based um, program. So you have to meet the area medium income requirements in order to even qualify for this program. So this program is not a very popular program that's out there because it's income-restricted, right? <clears throat> Can you guys hear me good? Yeah, you're good. Fire away. All right. So it's income-restricted, right? So th to find out what the income is for your area, only thing you have to do, guys, is Google Freddie Mac Home Possible Income Limits, put in your address right now, and then the system, Freddie Mac system, will tell you what's the max income you can make for whatever area you, you're in to qualify for this program. So there are restrictions to this program from the very beginning. Now, about a year and a half, two years ago, Freddie Mac and, and Fannie Mae and FHA are always changing their guidelines. That's first things first I want to say, right? <clears throat> They're always changing their guidelines. They're always assessing risk, what loans are defaulting, what loans are performing well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So two years ago, um, they used to be income restricted, but if you purchased in a low moderate income track, and it, it, it would make it to where you didn't have no income restrictions. But about two years ago, they changed that no matter where you was purchasing, you had to um, you couldn't make no more than 80% of the area medium income, right? So now what they did, and this policy that I tweeted about a couple of days ago, guys, they made this change, this announcement to lenders back in November, December 2020. So this wasn't new for lenders, right? We knew this was happening in the next couple months. It's not like, so when I tweeted, it's not like it just came out that day and it's only two weeks time frame. So we all knew about this already. I just chose to tweet about it two to three weeks because for me, that's that's when it's most important because folks who are just out there shopping, they're analyzing, 
they don't know if they're going to make a move or not. I try to give you the news, you know, a couple of weeks prior to something that's happened. So that way you can make the necessary adjustments. Now, what they basically did was they said, if you're buying a multifamily, two family, three family or four family property, they're going to increase that down payment requirement from 5% to 15% down payment for first time home buyers. Right. But but if you look, if you don't qualify for this program. Already, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, for two family properties, they want you to put down 15%, even if it's your primary residence, right? And if it's a three or four family property, if you don't qualify for this program, you have to put down 20 to 25% down, even if you are a first-time homebuyer and this is your primary residence. So when they made this shift, it wasn't like a big deal for most lenders out there because most folks who are who are um, using this program, first, they're not even buying multifamilies. Most of them are buying single-family properties because this program allows you to put down 3% for a single-family property. That hasn't changed. You can still do 3% or 5% with a single-family property. But the multifamilies was the big one because that's what I speak a lot about. That's most of my clients are doing 15, I mean, doing multifamily properties. So that's why it was important for me to share. But multifamily originating is not the the... the the volume in the industry. Mostly the industry is single family properties. You know what I'm saying? So yes, it was a change. Yes, for me, how I originate and how I strategize with my clients, it hurts a handful of of my clients because now they wanted conventional loans. This program was there for them. They met the income restrictions and they were able to get that 5% up to a four unit. But this is why I always tell people, just because you're pre-approved, it don't mean anything. A pre-approval letter is garbage. Mm-hmm. Until you get into contract and you have a loan commitment, that loan, that pre-approval does not mean anything. And guidelines can change at any given time. That's why it is important if you are trying to buy real estate, you have to go out here and execute because at any given Sunday, the guidelines can change on you. Yeah. So it, it, it hurts those folks who wanted to go conventional finance and who qualified for this program, right? But for the majority of my clientele and most of the folks who are buying with conventional, I mean, with buying multifamilies, they're all using FHA loans because FHA doesn't have these type of restrictions, yeah. right? So, so there's pros and cons to everything. And this, for me, I try to share as much information and teach the people as much as possible about real estate finances. So that way you can use all these tools to build your portfolios. But this will definitely be a, a loss for a lot. Like my personal pipeline of, of prospects, it blew up a lot of people's dreams because they, they did not want to go FHA because they did not like the long-term PMI that's associated with FHA. They didn't want to have to be bothered with that. They qualify for the program. So they wanted to take advantage of it. But that's why I'm telling them, you can't wait. I have a question for you. How can we see how many loans are pushed through? Because I'm looking at um, the stock. So if you guys look at FMCC in 2016, it actually went to zero. What what stock is that? FMCC, Federal Home <laughs> Loan Mortgage Corporation. Yeah, you talking about what's that? Okay, yeah, they went to but, zero. Okay, but it popped back up to 481. So I'm like, maybe if we pile in at like 74 cent and ride it up to five or six. But how can we see how many loans are being pushed through that, that company and corporation? Well, with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, that's all public record. They're the, they're, the, they're the two largest entities that buys mortgages out there in America. 
right? So they're buying every, every almost every loan that's being um, originated. Well, first of all, let me tell the people, so I don't want to go over nobody's heads. When banks make a loan, they're not, they're not keeping that money on their books. If your loan amounts fit into a certain criteria, they're going to sell that loan to either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, which buys conventional mortgages, or they're going to sell that to um to HUD, which is uh, or Jenny Mae, which is FHA loans, right? <clears throat> so these and and VA is going to go to the um Jenny Mae pool also. So they're going to make majority of the loans that are out there. And they're I don't know the exact percentage, but they're making probably if I had to guess probably seventy percent of the loans that are out there today you know there's only a handful few loans out there that's not being made to them and that's really loans that don't meet the loan limits mm-hmm. and those loans are what banks are keeping on their portfolios right all those non-qm loans non-qualified mortgages non-qualified mortgages basically means it's something that uh, fannie mae or freddie mac won't buy a, an example of a non-qualified mortgage is like a bank statement loan right mm-hmm. that's a non a non-traditional loan a, a hard money loan an asset-based loan those are non-QM loans. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not buying those. So to answer your question, they're probably buying 70% of what's being originated out there in the mortgage space, which is right right now, I mean, I think 2020 was probably three, four trillion that was originated mm-hmm. in mortgages, um, record-breaking year. So you got to figure they're doing two to three, they probably did two to three trillion of that last year by themselves. If you guys go look at FMCC from 2008 through now, that's a prime example of a base being built. I, I'm not saying it's a great company, but it dropped to zero in 2009. And the highest it's gotten to was in 2014 at $5.95. I mean, if you got it at 50 cent. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to look at what happened in 2009. It was a crash. You know, there was a private company at that time, and then they had to, um, they had to get back by the government. Yeah. Right? That, that went from 71 to zero. In a, yeah. I mean, which yeah. is another form of subsidies or quantitative easing in, you know, exactly. a different a different type of form. But, I mean, I don't think this did ever go back to 37, but, I mean, and I'm not pro-penny stocks, but with something that's government-backed and you know it's not going to go out of business, I wouldn't be mad at maybe well, like a stab at 50 cent or like 75 cent and then ride it up to 593. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you also got to look at, too, they're going to come, they want to take, um, Fannie and Freddie out of the government's control, so that's something that's 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 happening right now. They want to take it back private. Yeah, they want to take it back private. My bad, my phone was ringing. Yeah, they want to take it back private. So okay. that's something that's something that's that's been in the works for years, and it's probably going to be going be back private within the next year or so. Through private equity or going back through through the stock market. Uh, probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you. That I don't really know. I'm not the. I'm not the. That's the a homework assignment for the night. Yeah, yeah, that's a homework assignment for the night. But I definitely know it's going to go back to private ownership at some point. Okay, MG right. mortgage, MG. So it's you said in the business from five percent to fifteen percent. That's the numbers, right? Yeah, and, and again, guys, that's only like Troy. You on your computer right now? I want you to do, do me a favor, right? Yep. Type in Freddie Mac Home Possible Income Limit, right? And I just want to show you how easy this is to find if, what the income limit is for your area, right? We're going to do this right now live, right? So tell me when you see that first link. That first link, it should say like Freddie Mac um, Income Tool or something like that. I'm going in now. 
Look at you with the call and response. Let's see. <laughs> this is this is a sing along. Everybody else do it do it as well. Every, every right. everybody do everybody do it at the same time too. Freddie Mac home possible home possible income limit, and then that first link you see, it'll probably say Freddie Mac income too. Correct? You see that, Troy? Yeah. yeah. Now you see that map. They see the map that came up, right? Yep. Yep. Eligibility map. All right. Now put in your zip code. Everybody at home. I hope you're doing this. Everybody gotcha. at home putting your zip code. Now it brought up, you see that little chart that came up, right? And now it shows you what the income limits is. It says 80% AMI, the Freddie Mac home possible income limit is for whatever zip code you just put in. You see that right there? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see it? What's the income limit for whatever zip code you put in? Um, at the one I put in, it says uh, 100 and ninety five thousand. Nah, you put in something wrong. There's no. Yeah, way so I'm, I'm like, this can't be right. Can't <laughs> yeah, be right. but but uh, MG, I do got a question for you. How soon do you right. think we'll have a real estate crash? I don't think there's gonna be a crash. Correction. Two to three years. Okay. Two to three years, and I think the government, I think the Democrats, want to keep pushing this shit, um, kicking it down the can. Um, important dates we need to know. Um, in two weeks, the eviction moratorium ends. In two weeks, um, okay. March March thirty first, twenty twenty one. Um, so we got to see this week. We might hear some news about that from the higher ups, the powers that may be. They may kick it down, kick that down the road. Who yeah. knows, right? But in two weeks, that evictions is coming up, and then, um, I think June thirtieth is the date when foreclosures can begin again. Okay. Um, so that's another important date is mm-hmm. to know if they actually want to keep that date solid. June 30th, 21. Yeah, that's the date. June 30th um, is that date where foreclosures can now start again. So it'll be interesting to see if they will extend those dates or let it ride. I think it all depends on COVID and how people are reacting to um, the vaccine and if it's really pulling through as it is right now, if it's effective or not. But if they if they don't push those dates back, you know, I'm a, I've been saying this from the very beginning. I think in the 2022, 2023 is when we're yeah. going to start seeing those COVID related cases come come down the pipe. But look, I want everybody to understand one thing. Crashes happen because of supply and demand right now. We don't have a lot of inventory in the market right now. So if we're going to see a, a, a buyer's market, there has to be more inventory. Right now, there's way too many buyers out there in the marketplace and not enough inventory. And when the inventory does come, it sells so fast that you don't even have an opportunity. Um, you can go to any open house in any any city in America right now, and you'll have a line outside the door. From cash offers, too. From yeah. cash offers, yeah. To um, from cash offers to um, people who are taking out loans, people are going 30, 40, 50,000 above asking price right now, right? It's absolutely insane what's happening in the marketplace. So, until we get more inventory in the marketplace, this is going to be a seller's market. So, all you guys who are looking to real estate invest and get into flipping, this is a good time to start flipping homes, right? Um, if you are Looking to do buy and hold, you gotta, you, or even you're looking to buy your first house. My advice is try not to spend retail prices. Try to look for those ugly homes because now more, more important than ever, you have to learn rehab. You have to learn construction because that's how you protect yourself if the market does correct itself 10%, 15%. 
in a couple years. Is you're buying undervalued property right now, and you're putting that equity, that money into it to build up that equity. All right, MG, I, I see what happened here. I think maybe because I'm on my iPad, it didn't pull up, but it does give you the example. And so when you go down, you scroll down to the uh, screen, it gives you an example of a zip code in Virginia. And I see here that it says home possible income limit is 95920 There you go. That sounds about right. So yeah. so if anybody can do that in, in, in any city, any county, you can put the, if you're looking at a particular property, you can put the property address in there and they'll tell you that your income can't exceed X, Y, and Z, right? Um, so it's very simple. It's very easy to use that, 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 um, tool to figure out if you qualify for this program or not, but you got to think about it. 95,000 is the max for whatever zip code you put in. If someone makes 97,000, they don't qualify. So if they were trying to use conventional for a multifamily, they was going to have to put down 15 to 20% anyway. So, and I want, and look, Rashad, you posted this on, on your page earlier and I was reading the comments. I think, look, there's no doubt that there's a lot of racial things that happen in our country when it comes to, you know, lending and, and buying real estate. But I think we got to be very careful every time a policy or a guideline changes. We can't always consider it, oh, it's because of Black people. Black people are learning something and they want to change and they want to move the bar. Some of these things just happen because of risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, People are buying multifamilies and they're using rental income to qualify and they really can't qualify for these homes, right? And rental properties are high risk and high default. So lenders are always going to protect their bottom line because they cannot, they cannot go through another 2008. They cannot go out of business. They have certain thresholds and requirements that they have to meet to stay in business. So when the government on these agencies that bodies loans make these changes is not really a black or white thing because these policies, these guideline changes don't just affect, affect black people, it affect anyone who's looking to buy a home to qualify for a mortgage. So I want to, now, I'm not going to sit here and say there's not no racist things or discrimination in, in real estate because that would be fucking blasphemy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That would be ridiculous. But I don't think this, you know, a lot of people are saying that, oh, as soon as black people learn something, they want to move the bar. I don't think this was one of those situations. But yeah, if you I mean, look, if you look in aggregate, though, not to cut you off, disproportionately, like I wouldn't say that we're a paper. So if you look at historically what our credit profile, which you guys can go Google and research, we do fit a certain profile. So now, once we finally get an edge, if we don't have the credit necessary to get the funding for some of these things, some changes do happen. Okay. When you agree, yeah, but but I agree with that. But then we got to do what we got to do to get our credit right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we signed to buy homes with 580 credit scores? Why Why are we out shopping every weekend and going to the mall and going out to eat and not stacking our chips? Why are we yeah. not making necessary sacrifices? And I, and I just want to play devil's advocate too, like for content versus, you know, because people don't comment on YouTube. But if you even if you look at ITB, which is a home buyer's index through iShares, it is the highest that it's been since 2008. So what I don't want to happen is for a bunch of us to jump in and then we get hammered and then all of a sudden, because anytime a crash happens, they always want to blame us, which if you, anybody who was in real estate in 2008, we got the brunt of the blame. And that was not the reason why the market fell at all. Who um, got the blunt? Who got, who got the blind the brain? But we got, a, it was a lot of why are people leveraging and buying houses and they could not afford them and 
I'm like, it was the, the credit risk profiles. Like at the time, Wall Street didn't care because you can churn the paper so fast and bundle the products up and sell them. They didn't care what, like I have friends in the mortgage industry that was getting no stated income, no docs and getting $700,000 homes. That's not an issue with the people. That's what the lending and the banking institutions they want. And it's no different than now the Wall Street bets. And then the cycle of bubbles that we go through, they're letting the deal flow go through and then they end up blaming it on the consumer. I think the crash, um, because I was originating loans and, and moving to shaking at that time, because mm-hmm. I think is everybody was to blame. Everybody was greedy, right? It was the banks, it was Wall Street, it was the it was the mortgage brokers, it was the appraisers, it was the consumer. Look, I cannot tell you how many times I told people, y'all, you can't afford this house. They're like, look, if you don't give me the loan, I'm your, your boy down the block said he can give me the loan, and I want to buy three homes at the same time because I know I can do 100% financing on all three because the banks are not going to check, right? Everybody, that's the was, fault, everybody, it, everyone's it, it was it was, it was yeah. definitely the bank's fault, 100. Yeah. percent We're not taking blame off nobody, but I think for me personally, I think everybody had was to blame. There was a lot of people that um, took out loan products that they couldn't afford for whatever reasons, but there was no systems, there was no regulation, there was no technology that was. They didn't care because the yeah, money yeah, was like, turning and burning. Co- countrywide didn't care about the underwriting at that point. Countrywide was the underwriter. They didn't care because no one was there to regulate them. You know what I'm saying? There was no regulation, bro. This shit was the wild cowboy days. I know. I mean, I knew some mortgage brokers that was getting four points on the back and two points on the front. You're speaking to one. Even in no regulation, that is a regulation. Like if you let things <laughs> run wild oh, and you know, and then you're doing like credit risk modeling and you know that this shit could blow up, they didn't care because they knew that it was going to get bailed out. The bailout. The bailout. No, 100%. Yeah. Everybody went, look, I'm going to tell you this. Everybody went wild, man. Everybody went wild. Um, but obviously these are different times and this is why you see so many guideline changes that happen now is because of what happened in the wild cowboy days. Because I can tell you, guidelines were not changing rapidly back in 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, mm-hmm. like they do right now. I tell you guys, if I showed you guys my emails, when I show you policy emails and guideline changes from different um, agencies and investors that buy loans from us, like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like to even keep up with this mess, like some days I'm like, yo, my head is spinning. Like when you guys, when Troy Michelle comes in, I'm like, yo, I can't even talk to y'all right now. Like I gotta, I'm like, I'm knee deep in, in, in shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I gotta, I gotta stay upon it. The way you read your charts and you on your joint ends, the same way I'm in my guidelines. My guidelines is my Bible. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, I'm, I'm a guideline goat. Like I'm in this every single day. And I'm telling you guys, there is a lot more coming down the pipe that <clears throat> I haven't even mentioned yet. And it's going to affect a lot of people out there who's trying to buy real estate. And hey, can, can you mention can you mention it now, or is that like a secret society? No, no, ain't no secret. I, I, I'll tell you one thing that's about to happen um, in April also, and a lot of lenders already started pricing their loans out um, with second homes and investment properties, right? That are you going conventional? They're um, limiting how many loans they're going to start buying. 
um, that are structured as second homes and investment properties. So now the, the risk factor on those loans is going to be priced in. So interest rates, like uh, two weeks ago, on an investment property, I could have probably got someone in the mid threes on a 30 year fix for like an investment property deal. Today, that same deal is probably mid fours to high fours right now mm-hmm. because they already priced in the risk factor mm-hmm. in this. So when it comes to buying investment properties and using conventional financing, those facts is getting it's going to become more expensive because there's less loans that the agencies are now going to buy from lenders. So, you know, again, that's going to affect interest rates when it comes to folks who are looking to buy vacation properties or investment properties using conventional loans. And that's why you you have to, as me, as a mortgage professional, I have to have many different outlets to get loans done, right? Because if they don't fit this one criteria, I got to be able to go somewhere else. So that's one thing that's coming up the pipe that I could talk about um, because it's already being priced into the market right now as we speak. Although the government is saying they're going to start reducing come April, lenders are already pricing that in. It's kind of like the refinance. Remember a couple last Mm -hmm. year, in the last year, they had like a refinance bump, right? And me and Troy was talking about this too. They had a refinance bump. I think it was supposed to start in December. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, Troy, they already priced it in. And it was too, It was like October when we were talking about this. That, that refi 50 basis points hit was already priced in. So when things like that happen, lenders, we act accordingly right now because we don't want to be stuck left holding a bag because if we accident or we forget to price out a loan accordingly and we try to sell it, then Fannie or Fred is going to come back and say, hey, you owe us money. And yeah. the banks are not trying to pay. I, I remember so, that conversation, man. And you, you were like, hey, we're not going to hold it back ourselves. We're going to push that back on our clients. And so that's crazy that this, this, this is all coming back right in, in, into play. And I'm looking at XHB. Man, if we continue at this pace, like at, uh, at this peak in 2006, it was at 45 bucks, it was at 67. Man, this crash in two years is going to be terrifying. And I don't know if quantitative easing will be able to fix it. Um, you guys need to go look at housing data and see how quickly these homes are going up for sale. And Matt, you can tell me what you think, but this feels like 2007 all over again in the housing market. Nah, hell no. You don't think so? <laughs> Hopefully hell not. No. That was like the worst thing ever. In the nah, world. hell, hell, hell no. <laughs> please don't, don't scare the people, please. <laughs> two, two, hell two, no. I'm going to go on record and say it. Two years. When this crash comes, do not say we didn't tell you. All right, so let me ask you this. How much you think is going if it's going to be a crash? If it's going to be a crash, Ian, because you're the percentage guy, mm-hmm. how, what is it going to drop? 10%, 15%? What is it going to drop? 13.6 to 17 max. 13.6 to 17% max. Now, let me ask you a question. How much did it drop during the Great Recession? Take a look. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Um, it was blinking. His battery. Oh, his battery? Yeah, yeah it was blinking. YouTube was telling us the battery was blinking. It was blinking. It was blinking. Well, we can hear the voice. Still made it. No, nah, no. Nah, so, this is just so it, the actress. The, 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 the purple ball's coming out. <laughs> First well, take. Time. This is the Market Monday debate show. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah. estate or stocks? You just play both. In a, yeah. Because Super me Bowl. personally, I, I don't think it's going to be a crash. I don't think it's going to be nowhere near like 2007, 2008, 2009, because that was a credit crisis, right? That was greed. The crash was caused by greed. This this right here is, is health, right? This is virus. 
you can't, there's no one to blame. So this is why the government has been bailing everybody out this time around. If you think about back to 2008, 2009, and I mean, it's highly documented in the movies like The Big Short, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. where the government didn't want to bail these fools out. They were apprehensive at first, but obviously they did it. They had to put on that little show, but they bailed out the big boys. They didn't bail out middle America. They bailed they, out all the big they, boys. They didn't want to do quantitative easing this time either, but they had to, because if not, they, we would have went to depression. Oh, we we went to hell in a handbasket yeah. if, if they didn't step in and do the quantitative, quantitative easing. But I don't personally think there's going to be a crash. I think there's going to be a correction. I think it's going to be 10, 10%, um, 10 to 12% decline. But this is why I'm, I'm preaching to folks, hey, if you want to go out there and buy right now, I would advise you to probably buy something that needs to be fixed up, right? Um, so that way you can, especially if you're one of those people who are not buying for cash flow? Um, you you got you got to you got to buy below market. Buy below market, mm-hmm. please. Use these rehab programs, fix these homes up because there's plenty of homes out there that just need some TLC, and you can ride that wave. And if the market does decline ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent in two years, you're not going to be affected that much. No, but if you're buying fifty percent, fifty thousand you know, 60,000 above asking, you're setting yourself up for failure right now. That is a fact. <sighs> Matt knocked my lights off trying to argue. <laughs> <laughs> love is love, man. You see, we've got a problem. The, 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 the guideline goat, I like that. The guideline goat. <laughs> no, yo, Ian, that's what you get for showing me that 70, 75 degree weather earlier in the group test. <laughs> that's true. He's bragging about it, wasn't he? All, he, all he was fair. bragging about it. He While my garbage pails getting blown down the street. <laughs> yeah. Yo, my God. I have to get back all used to the humidity. All over again. the street, son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We out here back, freezing though. our ass off. Garbage pails uh, flying and Ian on the beach chilling in Houston. I'm not a Galveston, trust Galveston, me. Shout out to all the good folks in Galveston, Texas. Man. Yeah, big facts. They, uh, I, they, I, I will say this. Everybody needs like, to go look at the, the K. Schiller Index, though. Yes, I agree. K. Schiller. Pow, is, pow. And in 2000 and... Let's go to 2007. It was at 180. We're right now at 234.39. The highest rate has been of all time. When what are you referring to? Drops Schiller what are you index. S and P Case Schiller National Home Price Index. Everything is overinflated. Oh, that's a fact. Everything is overinflated right now. There's no debate in that, but I don't think we're going to have a 2007, 2008. You don't think we're going to have a 10% to 13% pullback? Nah, because if you look at the numbers and the the homes have decreased, I think it was around 20, 20, 25% back in the crash. Um, I know the Great Depression, it was damn near 30%, and that was the worst on record. Um, Yeah, it's it's not good to that. I'm not I'm not in front of my computer, so I'm just trying to go off 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 of memory. But you know, even if you look at 08, home prices did decline, but it was like 15, 20%. So I don't think this time around it's going to be that bad because homeowners have equity now. Right. So I think a lot of folks who are gonna find themselves in a position where they um where they need to get out of their homes, they're going to have the ability to, to sell because the homes have, you know, been overvalued for so many years that it's going to take time for it to start drastically dropping. You got to remember when when 08, 09 came, the home prices, 
you know, it took a couple years for it to continue to go down from, you know, 09, 10, 11, 12. And I think around 13 is when we started seeing an uptick, a slow uptick back in the market to where we are right now. Right? How many trillions of dollars of quantitative easing did it take to keep the market afloat to do that? Because my, my dad's in construction. That's my point. Is that. And then last year when, when I was like, hey, it may take 20 billion or 50 billion to keep the market afloat, people laughed. And it's like, we're throwing around billions like people throwing around you know, seafood and crawfish boils out here in Houston for after the stimulus. Like, <laughs> it's taking a lot of money, and but that yeah, has a cost. Sold out, y'all. Crab legs that, for everybody. But that has a cost. Like we cannot continue to rob Peter to pay Paul to keep things afloat. Because technically, if, if we're looking, what we dropped to last year in terms of the market is where we naturally should have been without quantitative easing. And everybody beats up on Fang, and I'm like, but you can't name 80 companies that are producing the kind of revenue that they are like, and then the job market still has not recovered from 2007, 2008. That's why the gig economy is so big. So while everyone's getting excited and before everyone starts flipping, I know some may not say it feels like 2007 and 2008. I would also go have you guys look at the price of copper and lumber and do a comparative analysis and see, but yes. And it takes housing crashes a lot longer because there's a lot more systemic risk and, and levers they put in place. So they don't happen, but this downside is going to be, and I'm not like a perma bear, so I'm not like yo doom and gloom guy. That's not me, but we're going to have a pullback. No, hundred percent. I agree with you. I definitely think there's going to be a pullback. I think, I think um, you should buy real estate in any market, whether it's up, down, left, or right. Buy, buy, buy. In prime markets, though, right? <clears throat> I think you just got to look at the numbers and no matter what mark you're in, because any mark, like I, I get deals all the time from obviously people I'm doing loans for. And some of these markets, when I be looking at deals and I'm like, damn, I never even heard of this place. And the, but the numbers are like amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like ROI, cash and cash, like everything is cap rates are good. I'm like, yo, this is like not bad. I didn't never think about this place. Right. So I think you just got to analyze the numbers and, 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 Make sure that tenants are paying. You got to do your due diligence if you're behind rental properties. Um, make sure people are paying their, their rent. Um, get documented proof. And have your reserves, most importantly, you know, out of anything, have your damn reserves because tenants are not guaranteed to pay your mortgage. Um, you can lose your job at any given, on any given Sunday. So you got to have that reserve um, there um, to cover yourself. God forbid anything happens. So. I think people, you should definitely go buy. Money is still cheap, although interest rates have gone up over the last over the past thirty days. I still think it's a great time to buy. Um, we're buying right now. Um, it's it's great, right? Cash flow is 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 amazing. So buy, but be smart and understand that if you're not ready to buy, build your foundation. That's what education. Educate yourself as much as possible during the process. Stack your chips. If you get in a stimmy, put that in the market, make some money real quick. Listen <laughs> to market. Listen, listen to Market Mondays every Monday. Watch it, learn from it, apply that stimulus check to, to good use, right? And make some money. So that way, if there is a 10%, 15% correction in two years, not only will you have the knowledge and you'll be ready to execute, but you'll have capital. So now you can take advantage of a 10 to 20% dip in the market and still make money. MG, MG, have you ever thought about having a podcast? You're pretty good at this. 
Um, yeah, being that you just asked that question, <laughs> I'm thinking about having. I'm thinking about having a podcast. It's going to probably come out on the EYL network. Shout out to the shout, shout out to I'm the to do one more content for a world. minute. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't Ian, say. Yo, Ian, Ian's been getting on me about content. And yo, when we was up the last nine months, and Ian said, yo, he's doing 12,000 videos this year. I said, yo, Ian's a savage. <laughs> like, this dude is doing differently. I said, yo, Ian, man, I have a problem with doing two videos. You talking about 12,000. He's like, yo, let's get two. I'm coming to the studio. I'm like, all right, pull up. But um yeah, we got the we got the podcast, Ransom Gems podcast coming on the EYL network. It's a real estate podcast where we just gonna me and my um co-host. Um should I should we talk about who the co-host is now or should we wait? Paperwork wait. in. Paperwork's in, man. You can. So we got Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Anticipation, yeah. What would Jimmy Iovine do? Jimmy Iovine would wait. Jimmy Iovine would wait. That's not, wait. The, paperwork, the paperwork is in, but we're wait. not going to tell you who the co-host is at. Just soon come. Because, um, you know, co-hosts like to do things in, in a certain style. And, and <laughs> yeah, with, with style and class, I got to, you know, make sure I match that energy and that flyness. I love, but, I love um, the words you just chose there. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's a super fact. It's a super fact. So yeah, it's called, it's called the biggest in the game. It is called. The I, biggest I, I biggest do have a one final question for you, Matt. <laughs> at, at what price or what percentage is money no longer cheap, and would you have people stop buying? At what, never what percentage? Stop buy, never stop buying. I think you should always buy. So if interest like, rates go to thirteen percent, it's still a good buy. People in the eighties were still buying at thirteen percent. Fact. What was the difference between the 1980-83 cycle that made that I mean, a viable option, though? I mean, it was a lot of different factors in the world 30-plus years ago. You know what I'm saying? But all the thing I can tell you is I don't think you should ever stop buying real estate if you are invested, right? If you're just a person who just wants to buy your primary residence and not invest and be a landlord or you know, uh, a flipper, then okay, just buy your primary residence and own some shit because I'm an ownership advocate. I don't care if you buy multifamilies, if you're investing. My thing is the black home ownership rate is 44%. We need to get that up. Our white counterparts are at 67%, right? So my thing is let's get this home ownership rate up. We need to buy some stuff and we need to own. That's how we take back our power. And I don't care what you're buying. Just buy some ish. Now, would you stop buying? No. What was the second part of that question? My bad. Because I went on a rant. My bad. Granted, James. What was the second part No, no. I mean, I, I get it. But at what, what point, depending, let's say if the average return for a suburb, well, let's say Peoria, Illinois, the average return is 5.5%. You wouldn't tell them at 9% interest rates is still invest in that climate. So it has to be a cutoff point. Cause just like uh, there are certain prices I would not buy saying like if a house is worth 500 grand, I don't want to buy at the top of 500. No, nah, because look, we buy, we buy homes right now at 12% interest rates on hard money. Right. Cause we're investing. Right. And we're looking to fix and flip that property. Right. So we don't really care about the interest rate. So it all depends on what your goals are, what you mean, what, what are you trying to accomplish? So if, if the, if you're buying a primary residence and that rate is 9%, and let's just say your mortgage payment will be 3000 a month, but you mm-hmm. that same option to rent now is probably going to be 3500 a month, right? The mortgage is still going to be cheaper than your rent. Yeah. So I think when it comes to owning real estate, it's a little bit different for me than stocks, right? 
because it's all the same are, game because you know they're tied to, tied together. It's tied together, but if somebody's going to live in the house and they need a place to live, it's only two options: you either renting or you buying. So at the uh-huh. end of the day, I would rather you buy and own some ish, man, instead of renting and and paying a landlord, and you can just rent and gain your own tax benefits, your own equity in the property, even if you're going to pay a 9% interest because you still got mortgage interest reduction, you're still going to get a great tax break from paying that 9% interest. So there's always going to be reasons why you should still buy real estate, in my opinion. When are you going to invite me on so we can do our verses? We're going to go 20 rounds deep on this. Yo, yo, Ian, don't let me pop over in this bottle Patron that's in front of me because we can go all night. It's not Tequila Mondays, it's Tequila Fridays. Don't do that. Oh, yeah, 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 my bad. You know, we're going to talk three hours on accident. Yeah. You said three hours on accident. I like that one. I got to use that one. Now, Ian's my guy. I love Ian. I love what he what he represents, what he stands for. Um, he taught me so much. Him and Trap, man, shout out to them. They both the mentors. I can't tell you guys how much I learned. Um, and, and Rashad and Troy too. I'm not going to try to downplay y'all genius too, but you guys, man, I'm I'm just super blessed to be able to chop it up with you guys in the group chat and just be a fly on the wall some days because y'all be talking some air should be over my head. I ain't gonna hold you up. I appreciate some it. days I'm like I'm like these dudes. They're going too hard for me. I, let me get back to this real estate. Let me send you this inspection report because I can't keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up with what y'all talking about. This is inspection report. Let's talk about the baller. <laughs> for those of you that you are outside in your stocks, if you look at the Buffett indicator, um, the value of over, well, it's strongly over, undervalued, excuse me, overvalued at 88%. And that's in February 2021. So the thing, one of the biggest things my dad always told me, like, the money isn't made on a price on which you enter. I just want to make sure people aren't buying at the highest and hope. Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to come back, hey, Matt told me, no matter what price I buy, interest rate. Hold on. Right? Hold on. This MG disclaimer. You better do your research. <laughs> you better do your research. You better understand what you're getting yourself into. Don't be house rich, cash poor. And don't come knocking on my door if you can't afford it. Because I told you. Don't buy nothing you can't afford. You know, have your reserves. MG, MG Yo. can you stay on the line? Because we're going to take it to a few questions. Because I see that there's a bunch of questions. We're going to take it to a few questions. But before we do that, we're going to bring it back to stocks really quick. I'm going to do a earning, the earnings report. Because there's some companies that are coming up that we have spoken about before. And um, they're having their earnings this week. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. We good. Yeah, right, perfect. I, I, I didn't know. It. I asked MG to come on for five minutes. I didn't know it was going to a whole debate show. But there was, was no five minutes with MG. <laughs> no, there's no five minutes. <laughs> what? Ranting, ranting gems, baby. Ranting Come gems. on. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. So this, this is a this is a uh, Market Mondays first. So this earnings report is being sponsored by Ladder. All right. So at 26, the best decision I ever made, and thank you to my brother Rashad, was getting life insurance. At 26, I had no kids. I had no wife. And 13 years later, I have both. So the question was, right, why not put a little bit of money away to protect the ones you love for in the future? And so if you're asking yourself the same question, I want you to check out Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees and cancel any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross that off your list. So check out Ladder today. Uh, If you want to get instantly improved, go to 
ladderlife.com slash market mondays that's l-a-d-d-e-r life.com slash market mondays ladderlife.com slash market mondays check them out don't wait don't hesitate head over so to this week's earnings all right so this is a company uh and i'm glad you mentioned trap because he was stressing it to us and ian i know that you're big on it crowdstrike is reporting on tuesday after closing hours and another company that he, he stressed and this is actually in, in uh the wealth pack five below that's one of the companies that, that he speaks about uh, in the Wealth Pack. Shout out to the plug to Generational Wealth, of course. Shout out uh, to Trap. Yeah, shout out to Trap for that. Uh, yeah, that, that is reporting on Wednesday after closing. And then one of my favorites, and, and obviously I, I spoke about this on the Breakfast Club, Nike is having its uh, reporting, its earnings on Thursday after, after closing. They're at 144 right now. The high was 147. If you got in Nike, and I believe, Ian, it, you probably have a better memory, but I believe we said this like in June, and bam, you could attest to it too. We were trying to get $105 calls in June, and that thing just ran. It's up to It got up to 147. It's at 144 right now, so it's a little bit off its all-time high, and they're going to be reporting their earnings. So those are the earnings for this week. Obviously, there's more companies that are reporting. We know that, but these are the ones that we have spoken about, so I just want to make you aware of them. 130 for Nike is good. Yeah, I've been big on Nike for several years. Yo, years and, back and check your battery. Back on, so. Ian, check your battery, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it was only supposed to be five, and you drain my battery. So. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Ian. Get him, Ian. All right, let's go yeah. to uh, five and get you 50. Let's go to Tracy. Tracy, you are unmuted. Unmute yourself. What's going on? You got Ian, you got MG, you got us. What's going on? Tracy, don't do that. Oh, there you go. Hello. Hey, Tracy. Hey, how are you? <laughs> great. Hi, guys. Doing? We're great. Great. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for calling me. Um, wow, I didn't know you were gonna call me so quickly. So, um, I um, read about this company that is. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I got my information right here. Here we go. Okay, so this company is going public. Um, in a SPOC deal. SPOC mm -hmm. is a special purpose acquisition company. And I'm sorry, I don't know if, if you guys ever talked about it. I may have missed it if you did. Mm -hmm. um, so I read up on it and they're called, um, they're also like, um, another name for them is Blank Check Company. And it's like a shell corporation listed on the stock exchange, exchange with the purpose of acquiring a private company. So I want to know. So I want to know if you guys know about this, and also, like, uh, what does this mean to an investor? Like, when you do your research that you guys teach, um, does this? Can you tell that this company uh, partnered up with this um, with this other company to go public and 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 hide? Like, like, does it look like they're hiding um, anything? Like, what does that look like to an investor? Which which spec are you looking at that you have interest in? Um, well, the problem is I can't really say which one it is. Mm. I can't really give it, say that information. Gotcha. <laughs> the thing I would have you do is go look at the number of specs that went public this year, and then also too, I need you. This is the most important thing: after two years, was the spec still profitable, or did they just have an exit for their own investors? Because most of the under, uh, underlying assets are not good after that two-year period. Um, so just Google that and then see. And then you'll be able to tell from the other funds that they've had if that company will stay up uh, for majority of the period of time. 90% of them do not, though. 
Yeah, Spax are at an all-time high Spax, already. Spax is going crazy right now. Already at all-time high. Yeah, like, but Spax are great for the fund managers and people yeah. that present them, not for the retail investors that are holding them after the fact. Thank you for saying that, Ian. Okay. Yeah. So, so does that mean uh, they're doing well for two years, but after that they're not? If I sold you a house for one hundred thousand, and the value grew to three hundred thousand, but in year two you found out all of the houses in that area, which happened in my city, East Chicago, Indiana, had lead under them, and then the value goes to forty thousand, is that a property that you would want to buy? No. That is most facts. No. <laughs> That's most of them. Now you'll you'll be able to find five percent, ten percent that are good. Most of them are terrible, though. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's, that's thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Tracy. Josh Brown. We spoke about that with yeah. Josh Brown. He better get him back on. But um, Josh is a, Josh is hilarious. The spat craze is at an all time high right now. Yep. One, one more question, Karen. We're coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Karen, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? We're great. great. How are you? Good, good. I have a question for MG. You still on the line, MG? I'm here. Okay. So my question is, if inventory is low, right, and you're saying that it's less attractive to go traditional for a multifamily rental, what is your advice if you go the hard money route in regard to interest rates? All right. So let me clarify that. Um in today's market, when you're going multifamily, well, in today's market period, whether you're doing multifamily or single family, if you're making offers in a selling market, it's all about your terms and your conditions, right? So mm-hmm. certain certain loan programs, for whatever reasons, in the marketplace, when you're dealing with listing agents and sellers, when they hear FHA, when they hear NACA, they hear 100% pro, pro, um, 100% finance, and they hear down payment assistance they automatically frown upon that, right? Because they look at those as those loans will be a little bit more difficult to get financed and close. And when you have 20, 30, 40 offers on the table, you can kind of pick and choose what you want, right? So that way you as a seller can get to that table as quickly as possible. So for me, I look at every mortgage as a tool I'm not against one loan versus another one. Every Everything is a tool. But when you're using hard money, hard money is used specifically if you're buying a distressed property or property that needs rehab and you want to get that property, you want to get the rehab money to um, fix the property and also acquire it. So we're not really necessarily looking at the interest rate, so to speak, on those type of deals, because that's not traditional financing. It's not in your personal name. It's in your LLC. You can close in three days, five days, seven days, what have you. And the whole thing is you want to be able to close fast because the, most of the folks who are using hard money, they are buying at auctions, they're buying foreclosures, they're buying super distressed properties that conventional or FHA loans typically wouldn't finance anyway. And those folks are investors, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to use hard money, like like any investment, you have to know your exit. So because flips do flop and you have to make sure that you know your exit strategy, meaning you know how to refinance out of that hard money loan, worst case scenario, that that flip doesn't sell and you need mm-hmm. to turn that flip into a rental property. So anyone who's going out there looking to use hard money, don't be discouraged by the interest rate too much because you got to look at the means to the end. Right. 
if your goal is to flip that property, make sure you have a good tight contracting team. Make sure you have a great real estate agent and make sure you can get some buyers in as quickly as possible. So that way you can flip that property. And if you can't make sure you know what asset based lenders you're going to use to refinance yourself out of that hard money because hard money terms are 12 months, 14 months, 18 months, typically in the marketplace. So you're not going to have a lot of time with that loan. So you have to be prepared to get out of it. Right. Okay. I appreciate you, MG. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Quinn. Appreciate you. All right. This is a first, man. Rashad left the building? No, nah, not yet. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Yo, that, that Rants and Gems is going to be fired, man. I, I I could just feel it, man. <laughs> nah, this all, is going to be something special, man. It got all something the makings. It got all the makings. It got all the makings. Let me tell you, and I'm going to say this right now, you know, Rants and Gems is going to be the number one real estate podcast in, in the world. The That's take The takeover, the breaks over. That's a fact. Man, you already you already know what it is. It's Illmatic, man. I see that Nas cover over there, right? <laughs> like it's New York State of Mind over here, man. We over here, we taking this over. We don't care. Yeah, E-Y-L, yeah. E-Y-L, E-Y-L the biggest. Yeah, yeah. That's love it. Fact. I love it, man. That's a fact. MG, always a pleasure, my brother. Um, this was this was this this show. We didn't plan for it to go in this direction, but it was dope. This was dope for me to have this conversation happen. Uh, light level debate. Um, we talked about stocks for like 40 minutes and then real estate for about 40 minutes. Got a little crypto in there. Kind of back and forth for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like first take. It was like, yeah, ESPN first take. Um, you know, it was great. Was, Thank you. Was, Thank you for having me. Great content, man. Appreciate you for coming on, brother. Look, first of all, I want to tell you guys, thank you, man. We we appreciate what you guys do every single Monday. Um, I've seen you guys hit 6 a.m. flights <laughs> to be back here on Mondays to make sure, you know, things are moving where it needs to be. So I, I appreciate you three for consistently. It's been a year now, right? We're coming up. Yeah. We're approaching. We're coming, coming up on it. Coming up. Coming up. Coming up on fifty-two weeks, and I think the only time you guys took off was New Year's. Yep. You know, yeah. and it's, it's 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 real consistent, man. Um, the free game champions, the free game goats. Please don't get it twisted, y'all. This is the free game chance. This is not something that just came out on COVID. Rashad, Troy, they've been doing this for years. The free game champs, and I need people to understand which you guys are witnessing is history because ain't nobody putting out this amount of content at scale for free. Nobody. I, I, I dare well, anybody, I dare anybody tell me, tell me anybody was putting out as much game as these guys are for free. I got one on last question networks. for you. I, how, how soon before you think interest rates bump up another 2%? Oh, that's happening within the next 18 months. Ooh, see, eighteen okay. months, baby. Oh, baby. Eight, 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 oh, oh, let's let's, okay. let's speak about. Let's hold on. Can we get two more minutes to talk about the interest rates? <laughs> man, you, yo, man, I'm I'm interest rates go up two percent, and people God freaked on. out God over on. a point and a quarter. <laughs> what do you think gonna happen when that shit go to three? Hey, yo, YouTube, YouTube, listen, Shot YouTube. Shot I need y'all to keep back to two minutes, Curtis. I want y'all to put All back right. two minutes. Guidelines <laughs> on that. Two minutes. Go. Shot so clock. look, check check this out, right? Time waits for nobody. Mm-hmm. Procrastination is like masturbation. You're only fucking yourself. <laughs> I want y'all to write. Yo, so put that in the comments. No, don't put that in the comments. Your time, you're a not, technical file. You gotta, you gotta understand. Flagrant, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Y'all know what y'all getting with me. Hold on. Right? And what I mean by that is, 
a lot of you guys were, were sitting here waiting for rates to drop in that 1% range. And I kept on telling y'all, y'all better take this two and a quarter, two and a half, and go out there and buy some real estate because it's the cheapest money it's ever going to be. Now rates are low threes right now. And now I just told y'all about 20 minutes ago, pause, let me pause that statement too. Um, I told y'all in, investment properties are mid fours, right? So like Ian said, interest rates are going to continue to tick up, right? And mm-hmm. these home prices over the next 24 months, in my opinion, will continue to rise. So it's going to get more expensive for people. So don't wait. Don't hesitate. You need to go ahead and execute because do not wait for a drop in interest rates because it's not going to happen. It's interest rates happen. will go up. Interest rates will go up higher, faster than they will drop lower. So please remember that. Do not procrastinate. That's all I was trying to say. I can't wait to come back in 18 months. R- Rashad, Rashad, clip that and put it on the ground, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Clip that, baby. Rant and Jim's coming. EYL Network. Let's go. Oh, man. The biggest. Parental, dis- parental discretion is advised. Please. 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 <laughs> it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right if Matt didn't do it like that. Appreciate you, my brother, for sure. Appreciate you. Number love, my, my, my people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace out. Well, MG. MG, the mortgage guy. I, I'm going to say this real quick. When Vince gets to below 16, we're going to be in trouble. If you look at ITB, it's almost, it's ITB is at its all time high. 6541 was an all time high today. It closed at 6536. SPY is at 396.41. If the housing market and stock market are at all time highs and interest rates go up, what is going to happen? Okay. Seatbelts on. Enjoy. He built on. Buy these tops if you want to. I'm going to come right back here in six months and be like, told you. For those of you who have not watched any past episodes, go look at all the told you moments that I have from last year. Another thing, my dad's in real estate and construction. I'm getting some other intel that you guys are not getting to. Be careful. See, you can do what you want to do. That's the great part about investing. You don't have to listen. I didn't, that little crystal ball fire right now. So. <laughs> You've definitely have, have, have hit a, a, a bunch of calls, man. I can't, I, I will give you that. You know what else I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you your flowers right now. You probably didn't think about this today, but we definitely did. Uh, this week marks the one year anniversary of episode 70, the legendary episode. Damn, 70. was it really? Yeah, it got, it dropped on uh, March 17th. Classic should have went triple. <laughs> it was March 17th last yeah. year. Um, and so without that episode, obviously we don't get to this point with Market Mondays, which has been revolutionary. <laughs> in terms of investing in, in multiple assets uh, uh, form. So we appreciate you, man, and thank you for being part of this EYL family. So we're going to give you your flowers right here, right now. Yeah, man, I appreciate a, it. What a difference a year makes. That's a fact. What a difference a year makes, for sure. That was, uh, yeah, a lot changed since then. <laughs> a, lot, a lot has changed since then. Yeah. And, um, yeah, shout out to Jerry. Um, we haven't mentioned her in a while, but shout out to Jerry for making the introduction. She was on me for months to get in on the podcast. And um, I was a little skeptical at first. It took me a while. She um, she 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 nudged me and kept encouraging me that it was a good idea. And um, very similar situation to Matt. When when I met Ian, he had 3,000 followers on Instagram. He still had the information. It's not like he just knew a bunch that of That bag was heavy, though. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm no, just no. saying as far as, yeah. you know what I'm saying, it was like... Yeah, the growth was... Stupid. That's also you need to put out the marketing thing. 
Yeah, it's not like, you know, one of the things that we've put people on the show yeah. where we didn't have prerequisites, where it was like, you know what I'm saying? You Sometimes you gotta, you gotta believe in somebody before the world actually does. And that's worked in our favor for not only Ian, for MG the Mortgage Guy, for Wall Street Trap. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. yep. um, our alumni and- um, this Procedures. Was, yeah, this was, this was a story that, you know, led to, not only did he come on the podcast, but now we have one of the top. You gotta ask for what you want. Cause yeah, y'all was the first one like, yo, let's do the little partnership thing. A lot of yeah, people yeah. coming through and they ain't bringing no value. They running off getting their followers and running shit up. I'm like, yeah, no. Nah, things together. It was it was dope. It was dope. And um, yeah, it's been it's crazy. Tom definitely does fly, but yeah, a lot happened in that year. And now we have one of the top um business shows in the world, um, in a very short period of time. Twelve so, months. Yeah. Twelve months. Not only the biggest show, biggest network. By far. <laughs> Don't forget that. So yeah. Yeah, so salute to you, my brother. No, I appreciate you. Um, we can't have Matt on unless we know he's not gonna fuck up my camera though. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, you still ain't telling me where you got that backdrop from off, off Etsy or wherever, you know. I know you had Kanye and Don C custom make you a backdrop. Please let me know. <laughs> Kudos to the brother uh, Chris Senegal to what we in the space right now. So thank you for the hospitality, brother. Um I'm oh, sorry. yeah. Call him. Shout out to our guy Houston. Chris. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Shout out yeah. to Chris. He's a um EYL alumni. Legend. And a good friend of ours. Shout out to Chris Senegal. When I tell you, Chris, Chris Hove out here, boy. You you want to talk about buy back the block? Man, Hove. In real life. Yes. In real life. Chris yeah, Senegal. He's doing his thing. Out Prestigious. Execute at a high level. Yeah. Always always a pleasure. We got to get back out to Texas. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely do. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Ian, man. It's been a, a great partnership. And... Um, you know, it's just the beginning. God willing, hopefully it's just the beginning and yeah. we can make this as big as we possibly can make it. So um, shout out to everybody that, that has supported Market Mondays. If you didn't watch episode 70, definitely check Please it. go check it out. That crystal ball was on full display. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even the ones like people slept on Dynatech and still sleep on it. There's some pics in there that you guys need to go research that held up incredibly well. That did not draw down a lot during a recession. So... And then we, we taped it in January, so everything fell apart. And then your timing when to put it out, because I was like, bro, they gonna think I'm lying. I got the pictures, but my <laughs> friends I went to IU were like, yo, put the episode out, but you didn't do it. Yeah, um, nah, it was crazy. Was great. We, we, yeah. Taped, we taped the episode January. in January yeah. and um, held it in the vault. And um, the stock market, it's crazy. Crash. You this, would think that week. putting yeah. out a, a, a stock episode in a stock market crash wasn't a good idea, but I'm in my brain, I'm like, this is the perfect time we need to put a stock episode out because every everybody's hearing about the stock market yeah. crash. How can they take advantage of a crash? And um, that episode, that episode went crazy. Clips on Instagram went crazy. And then it was like, yo, we need to have more extended. Before we even had that Market Monday, we did like an Instagram live. Mm -hmm. And then we did a YouTube live. Still got yeah. the fire. And then from that YouTube live, Instagram live, it was like, yo, let's do a show. And um, at the time, it was nobody that had a, a, a live YouTube show, mm -hmm. like how we have it. And um, it was something that, you know, just took a chance on it. And it became a culture within itself. Everywhere I go, somebody stops me about Market Mondays, like, yo, Market Mondays, da 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 So, you know, it's one thing to have one top show. You know, Earn Your Leisure obviously is a top show, but it's another thing to have two top shows. So that's something that, you know- I think we, that gets overlooked. Yeah, it definitely does. But, um, you know, it's all good. 
We don't we don't do it for accolades. No yeah. trophies involved. Save all the accolades. Save all the accolades. That's I want both. Let me get my accolades. Fuck all that. Excuse my language. Jenna, this is my part of it. Sorry, we need both. <laughs> um, I need both. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's all good, man. You so, can be humble today. I'm talking about y'all gonna listen to episode 70. You're gonna be like, boy, God dropped some wisdom on him. Uh kudos to my old pastor, Reverend XL Abrams of St. Luke AME. Like I was that was my little preaching moment. Um literally everything we're doing right now is the things that I wish as a kid churches would have done. So I hope you guys tune into that and listen to it tonight or tomorrow and then spread the word. And then even um on a partnership end, I know a lot of people want to be seen. I'll just tell you, like, I wasn't seen for a while in the space, but that was a an advantage. Um, master your craft, man. Everything that you want, it come from master your craft. If I was out here calling bad picks and blowing up people's account 50, 60, none of this would matter. The, the suit is not what do it. That crystal ball and them hours in is what does it. And then also on you guys, the content, the hours that you putting in, you know, I, that's why I'm like, Troy, I don't know how you do it. You always happy. I'm like, bro, you be up late as I do on the shot. Do too. Like how? But I'm learning. Namaste. Right. <laughs> but uh, the combination of like content, love, and then being great at the craft is what I think separated um, us. And then time also too, like those, that recession thing that I told you guys about, I have studied every recession in every country to understand what happens. There's only 12 or 13 outcomes that can happen. The final one is absolute ruin. I don't think we'll be there. And if we do, we'll have bigger issues than what to invest in. But no, I appreciate you guys so much and everybody who's watched and tuned in and supported. And, you know, of course, my Red Panda family um, for all y'all support and dealing with my craziness. So, <laughs> now that yeah. is a fact. Two hours in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for watching. You want to say any last words? Yeah, man. Love is the universal currency. Everybody asks me why I'm so happy, man. I just believe in love. I spread it, and sometimes it comes back, sometimes it doesn't. It's okay. We do it unconditionally. I always got love for you, though. You know that. Yeah, we, 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 we always gonna. You're spread. the nicest person I know for real, though. I appreciate it. And so, flowers. shout out to everybody. Shout out to my new road team. I see they they in the check in. Shout out to everybody in Greenberg that uh is is showing love and, and stopping us in traffic. We got stopped in traffic in our hometown. It was I like, oh, okay. Shout out to the town. Uh, shout out to White Plains. Uh, shout out to everybody, man. Love is love. We gonna keep. Keep, keep giving you the information. You know how this works. We give you the information. The application is up to you. Please use it wisely. Yes. Past my bedtime, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, hey, somebody asked about out. the Nas album? Y'all must have missed the beginning. Nas got his first Grammy. Yeah. This is my favorite Nas album. Uh, and the J Electronica was nominated for Best Rap Album, and I thought it was dope, so we, 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 we put that up. Shout out to J Electronica. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Yo, love is love, man. We'll see y'all next week. Episode one. This is one twenty-five tomorrow. One twenty-five tomorrow. Spectacular. Spectacular Smith. Wednesday we in the chat. Saturday shoddy. Uh, Sunday the book club. Don't miss it, Ernest. We love you. YouTube. We love you. Use your stimmy wisely. I said there's some delays with the the Chase and Wells Fargo people, but people, that's, yeah. that that's gonna get rectified. And then if you if I know there's huge Tesla people in here, I think they had the big rig on a, a speedway. Did you see it? They got the big rig. They got they they got their their uh their their, their semi truck out there on the speedway for the first time. So check that out. Uh, and love is love, man. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Train after dark, nine thirty. Let's go. Love y'all.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.